Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to break down what went right and what went wrong during yesterday's game. Severe Reaction is on the air with your host, Michael Severe, and the most important voice of all, yours. Severe Reaction starts now. Powered by Equitable Bank, we take banking personally only on 1620 The Zone. Bushini stands at his own 25. Brookshank back at his 19. Here they come, and they block it. It's blocked. It's picked up by Rutgers. They're headed toward the end zone, and Oscars make a tackle from behind as Blaze Gunnarsson makes a tackle the nine-yard line, but Rutgers with a block punt. They're one of the top teams in the country. That's their fourth block of the year, and they'll take over at the Cornusker nine-yard line. And Bushini is limping coming off the field. They Casey looks over the Scarlet Knight defensive front, gets the snap, play actions, back to throw, rolling away from pressure, guns the ball downfield, Palmer trying to come back for the football, makes a catch, flag comes out, they might get him for an offensive P.I., makes a catch, shoved out of bounds at the Rutgers 30, but it looks like Trey shoved off. Yes, he did. It's a good throw. The ball fell or the ball fell apart on Casey. It was underthrown. Trey was trying to come back to it. If he just comes back to it without the push-off, he's all right. Casey awaits the snap, gets it, play actions, back to throw, steps, throws for the end zone, looking for Trey Palmer, he makes a catch, touchdown, Nebraska, baby! (laughs) What a throw and catch, Casey Thompson to Trey Palmer in the back of the end zone. Huskers do not have to snap it again, and for Matt Davison's final broadcast, you get a win. Couldn't have been anything else. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, everybody back back there and uh, in the studio. And thank you, Husker Nation, for all the memories over the years. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, you know, I'll be around, but uh, no more broadcasts, at least for now, for me. And um, thank you, Husker Nation. Go Big Red. Well, I think we take one game at a time with them. Our goal was to be 1-0 this weekend, and now we're 1-0. So we don't want two straight. But, uh, but I'll tell you this. I think they they starting to believe and they starting to see it though. You remember now they hadn't they hadn't did this. They hadn't, this is this is kind of strange for them. But you see that they 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 playing hard. They playing fast and they're not giving up. And it, listen, I called them in the fourth quarter again. It was no doubt eyes. No, it was no doubt in their eyes that they was going to win the game. And it was the same way at halftime. They knew they knew they was going to win the game if they keep fighting. We said it was going to be a street fight, but we said the type of street fight we're in. It's no rounds. It's no time. It's just let's keep swinging. Let's keep swinging. Don't look at the scoreboard. And at the end, you'll come out on top. Happy Sunday morning. Welcome to Severe Reaction on 1620 The Zone. 402-951-1620 is the number to be involved with the show today. We are, of course, not one day removed, but two days removed with Friday night win over Rutgers in Piscataway, Nebraska. 
now 2-1 and one under Mickey Joseph, but I'm not even sure if we count the Oklahoma game because after Oklahoma didn't show up to play Texas, I'm not sure they actually exist anymore. Uh, the luck of playing Nebraska is amazing. And I'm talking about after you play them, the bad luck you have after playing them. Even Indiana, who played well for a half yesterday, had 39 yards in the second half against Michigan. Oklahoma, I don't, they haven't won since they beat Nebraska, and they've gotten blown out. It's not lucky playing Nebraska, even if you beat them. It's not. Again, severe reaction, uh, talking about the game that happened on Friday night. Nebraska winning two in a row. What, what do we call What do we call that, uh, Chance, when they win two in a row? What's that called? Any, no, any, you know what that's called? That's two in a row. That's called a winning streak. Correct. A winning streak. A winning streak unlike any that Nebraska football has seen since 2018 because it's back-to-back wins over conference opponents. Now, you can say whatever you want with it being a couple of teams over in the East that aren't great in Rutgers and Indiana, but it is still back-to-back wins over teams that are located in the Big Ten Conference, which means the first time since 2018 Nebraska gets back-to-back wins against conference foes, which is awesome which also means that they are still tied for first place in the Big Ten. Uh, and a, in a Big Ten West, that is an absolute mess. Absolute mess. Uh, Wisconsin bounces back. Not a surprise. I, that was one that I, I, I knew that Wisconsin was going to come out with Jim Leonard as their head coach, with, uh, with Ingram coming downstairs, Bobby Ingram coming downstairs to be the offensive coordinator. I was like, I know Wisconsin's going to play better. And they came out and they played just like I thought they would. Um, better defensively than I thought they would play, but came out and took care of business, one twenty-eight nothing. So maybe now you look at them as being the favorite, but then Illinois and Iowa play that thing last night. You're not allowed to call that thing a football game. You're not. You cannot call what happened between Iowa and Indiana a football. You can say it's a nineteen twenty-one football game, maybe. Whenever they started the Ford Pass, the immediate years after that, when they didn't know how to do it yet, go with that. That's possible. But that was ugly. Uh, Northwestern, I mean, great joke I saw on Twitter yesterday. The the first week national champs have not won a game. Like that was the, because obviously beating Nebraska in zero week, everybody's like, ooh, Northwestern, maybe it's that bounce back year. Well, it's not. It's not the bounce back year. It's not, not that at all. Um, and then I guess you look at Purdue and you say, um, maybe they're a team that I feel I have a little confidence in. Maybe they're a team that I say could be like a lot of people did pick them to win the West. Um, maybe, but two and one, two and one and two and one, three teams at the top of the West, Illinois, Purdue and Nebraska. Uh, if you're thinking point differential, who's the best in terms of that? It's Illinois. They're plus 108. That means they scored 156. They've only given up 48. They're plus 108, which is incredible to think about. Purdue plus 63. And Chance, who is the producer of this show, Chance, Nebraska, you want to take a wild guess on point differential for Nebraska this season? Mm, see, we haven't. I know you could do the math in your head, but. I'm going to say we are sitting at zero even. Minus five. So close. Minnesota's plus 149, sitting there at their record of one and one, coming up a bye week. 
They are plus 149. They've scored more points. They've scored more points than any team in the West besides Purdue. Purdue scored 195. Minnesota scored 103. So as we said, the Big Ten West is an absolute mess. Nebraska is sitting in a situation where they have everything in front of them. They have the team that's considered, I guess, the best in terms of leading the West in Illinois. They get them. They get Purdue. They get Illinois at home. They get Purdue on the road. They've got everything in front of them. They still have Minnesota. Obviously, they still have Wisconsin. Everything's in front of them. But as we go over this game, as we talk about it as we go along, the one thing I took away from this morning rewatching the game is, and after the end of the game on Friday night, I wasn't thinking about this at all because it was a win and I was excited. I was happy for Mickey Joseph, happy, happy for the team. But Rutgers gave the game away. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They gave the game away. Nebraska won it. It goes down in the winning column, the W column. But in the end, man, Rutgers absolutely gave that game away. Um, they have to be kicking themselves. I believe it's now 21 straight losses at home for Rutgers, which is incredible. Let's go to the phones, 402-951-1620. That's where Andy is. Good morning, Andy. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout-out to the most overrated coach in the Big Ten, and that would be Mel Tucker. I know it's not his fault that the boosters gave him $95 million, but that dude will be fired in two years. That's a, that's uh, a huge a buyout, Andy. losing streak, and I love every minute of it. That's a huge buyout, Andy. I don't know if they, he gets fired that quickly, but you don't give him a well, chance to bounce back after having the year he had last year? You don't give him a chance to have a, a regression year and then be able to bounce back again? Well, I'll give him one more year, but yeah. I don't. I mean, what has he proved? I, I mean, they I went. Did they go eleven and over at Colorado, and then he had a, a miracle uh, season last year? And yeah. Then look at this year. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I don't. It's certainly a possibility. It's be one of the largest buyouts of all time, Andy. Are you driving somewhere today, Andy, or not? Well, no, actually, Michael, I moved from uh, Lincoln down to Fort Myers, and I'm just taking it easy. Uh, I live in Florida now, so. Um, yeah, I love every minute of it. It's one of the greatest cities in America, in my opinion. But is it overgrown yet? Because they grew from being like the number 101 market to being like the 60th market. Tons of people move there. Is, no, it, is it really yeah, crowded? They said, it's good. they said by 2030 it's going to be pretty overpopulated. But uh, anyway. It's okay uh, now, though. Uh, where I live at, we uh, we barely got any hurricane damage. But good. down by the beach, I've been down by the beach. It's horrible, man. But anyway, oh, man. it'll bounce back. That's good, Andy. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Congratulations on the move. Thanks, buddy. Take, Take it, it easy. easy. Andy, the truck driver, moving to Fort Myers. I applied for a job in Fort Myers right out of college. It was market, I'm pretty sure it was market 101. Went down there. It was just construction everywhere. Uh, didn't get the job. And then looked up about six years later, and it was it had jumped like 40 spots. It's incredible at the growth there uh, in that part of the state of Florida. Let's go back to the phones, 402-951-1620. By the way, a couple of Columbus kids coming on the show with me today. 840, Mike Schaefer from 24-7 Sports will join us. And then at 930, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Stephen M. Sipple of Husker Online will join us at 930 as well. Let's go to the phones. It's where Sam is this morning. Good morning, Sam. Hey, Michael. How are you today? I'm all right, man. How are you doing? Doing well. Can't complain after a uh, after a win on a Friday night, not having to worry about a game yesterday. <laughs> exactly, it's a great feeling. <laughs> hey, say I, I just want to kind of piggyback off of what you said. You know, with Rutgers uh, kind of giving away the game there. You know, you look at how the first half ended, not running the ball there on uh, second and third down when Casey goes out, and then the fourth and one. Right, being physical is kind of what's being preached 
you know the offensive line isn't very good, and and you know you you look at those PFF grades from yesterday. I'm sure you'll get into them, but yeah, just not great. Uh, kind of, what are your thoughts heading into Purdue? Big week, uh, different kind of game. I'll shut up and listen. Hold on, Thanks Sam. Again. Before you go, Sam, oh. real quick, I was making the argument on late Friday night, early Saturday morning. I think this is the worst. I'm not going to say overall offensive line. They do some good things running, but I think it's the worst pass pro offensive line that Nebraska's had in my memory. I can't remember a worse pass pro line. Can you? Uh, no, I can't. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I was talking to some friends, and, and we were thinking back to, you know, the the Farmer and, and Foster days, right? Yeah. And just mm-hmm. The criticism they got. <laughs> and you would kill to have some of those guys on this O-line right now. That's a great point, Sam. We appreciate it. Man. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Yep, thanks, you too. Yeah, he's he's right because there's been a lot of guys who've been criticized up and down on the offensive line over the last, I don't know, 10 years that I've been here. Uh, I've been here 20, but the, the last 10 years of just covering this team and and watching different guys get – Foster and and um, those two guys' problems, biggest problems, were penalties. Both of them would have just the worst-timed penalties, whether it be a holding. Most of them were simply false starts. And whether it was DJ Foster or what do you him? Jared Foster, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, but both those guys would get false starts, and you'd be like, "Damn it!" But in general, good run blockers and not bad pass blockers either. If you watched that game yesterday, it was full Friday night, full on jailbreaks. How many times did you see the snap get taken? Thompson take two steps back to get a full drop out of the shotgun. And both tackles are already beat. Somebody from the middle has played a game, and the center or the guard can't pick it up. And then that guy's in Casey Thompson's face. I counted 15 different times, and I gotta—I'll go through the the pressure rankings from um, PFF grades, as Sam said. But I counted 15 times this morning that within two seconds, within I catch the snap, I take two steps to drop to try to reach my full drop. And there's already guys that are past the offensive lineman and in his face. What are you supposed to do? From that point, all Casey Thompson can do as a guy who is barely six foot is fade back to try to get more distance to be able to make a throw or try to spin left or try to either spin left or right or take off and sprint to the right, right? Well, if the guy on the outside's already beat, he can't beat him to the corner. He doesn't have that kind of speed, so he is stuck in a collapsing pocket. Over and over and over again. And I'm serious. I cannot think of an offensive line that blocked more poorly in terms of the pass game than this one. Because there's no one that I can even think of that would start on the, the 2011, the 2013, the 2016. Really, if you go back to last year, when they were at their best, when it was Prohaska and Noelli, and Jurgens on that left side, right? Count the center over to the tackle. That side right there. That's as good as it had been in a couple of years when those guys played together for the one and a half or two games, right? There's nothing like that right now. And I think I think Piper and I have to go back and, and again, I, I, from what I saw just watching it over again to this morning, I thought Piper played pretty well. I don't know what his grade was on PFF, but I, I thought he played pretty well. Other than that, I thought it was embarrassing. And he and his pass grade wasn't good. Piper's pass grade on PFF was 27.4. Here, here's Turner Corcoran's pass grade. And I've seen this a couple times this season 
on other teams, never on Nebraska's team, was zero. Zero. He gave up eight hurries. Eight of them. So let me see. That's 14, 19, 20. 21 hurries is what PFF counted that Casey Thompson dealt with or for a play that Chubba Purdy dealt with. That's that's what they counted. That's incredible to think about. And then you had two, four. They counted five hits on the quarterback. There was more than that. There was more than five hits on the quarterback. And Trent Hickson played 71 snaps. Ethan Piper played 71 snaps. Turner Corcoran played 77, 71 snaps. All 71 snaps. Hunter Anthony played 66. Brock Bando played 59. Here's what's crazy, and I don't, and I don't, maybe I missed him or something, but he's not on here. Brent Banks last week, I thought had earned a chance to play some more. Came in at right tackle, and I thought played pretty well last week. Oh, he came in at left. When Corcoran went down, he came in when he got ejected. He came in. I thought he played pretty well, and he didn't play at all. Um, your best pass grade overall in terms of your offensive line was Bryce Benhart, who was listed with only seven snaps, got the start, seven snaps. Your next best for somebody who played the whole game was Trent Hickson at center with 53 grade. Overall grade, counting in run grade and pass grade, and of course these are all on HuskerOnline.com from Pro Football Focus, was Henry Latofsky, who played only 12 snaps. His overall grade was 64.6. That's your top grade out of any of the offensive linemen that played yesterday. Or, again, Friday night. Sorry, I'm going to do that multiple times. I, I'm telling you, they're as bad as I have. That you, and I watched, yesterday I probably watched bits and pieces of 25 games. Just bouncing back and forth. It was awesome. It was glorious. So awesome. Nebraska playing Friday night. I, it's not good overall for the sport, in my opinion. It, it hurts high school football and a bunch of other things. But it's awesome for being able to just watch whatever you want on Saturday. And flipping back and forth, this is the worst offense. Indiana's offensive line playing against Michigan in the second half may be close because they had no time. But just based off of what you saw, what I saw with Nebraska compared to everybody else I watched, it was embarrassing. Embarrassing what that offensive line has become. And it's mainly pass pro because there were times, and I know people, I, I made a comment on Twitter that too many times Anthony Grant makes cuts on air before he has to, and he misses the hole because he's wasted time doing something else, and they said there's no holes. That's not true. Watching the game live and then rewatching the game this morning, there's holes there. There are many times where he passes them up to make a, a move on air or makes a move on the whatever that yard line he is, right, the hash mark. He's making a move on the hash mark. So he needs to do a better job of getting, seeing the hole, running the play. Run the play the way, as Damon used to always say that Trev Alberts told him in practice, run the damn play, rookie. Run the play, okay? Run the play where it's designed to go. I think if he did that more, I think he would be, he'd be luckier. And he'd have more success in the run game. Because I don't think the offensive line is horrible in some of their run blocking. But he, at times, and, and look, give Anthony Grant all the credit in the world. He's had a really good season. But too many times, he leaves yards. There's a stat, and this won't happen until the end of the year because the guys go back and do it. There's a run game uh, metric that they talk about in terms of, um, and I can't remember the phrase for it, but it's essentially leaving yards on the field. How many yards you should have gained on a run? And they judge if you got more than you should have gotten, you broke tackles, you did something when there wasn't a hole, or you get fewer than you should have gotten. And I think when we look back, 
whether Anthony Grant, what kind of season he has, in the end, I think when you look back when those stats come out into the, the year, you will see that he left a lot of yards on the field. Again, I'm glad he's here because I don't know where the running game would be with, you know, Gabe Irvin coming off of the injury and not being ready to go at the beginning of the season. Um, having a true freshman in A.J. Allen who ends up going down. Maybe it's Yant would have been your starter. I don't know at this point. Um, grades from PFF for Anthony Grant. Uh, 58 snaps. Got graded 62.5. Uh, he had six catches for 34 yards on seven touchdowns. I thought that was one of the big keys coming in the game because you watch Rutgers play. They gave up passing yards and catches to tight ends and running backs. And I'm glad to see both Nebraska, that Nebraska used that, what they saw on film, and got some passes to their running backs and used the tight ends as well. Because that, that, was, that was necessary. Vokalek, before he got hurt, six catches on seven targets. Uh, and Brewington had the one big catch where he ran down the sideline. Um, then he had another one that was kind of behind him, and he dropped it a little bit. But getting to the tight ends and running backs out of the backfield, I thought was a key. And they, they did a little bit of that yesterday, so it was pretty successful. But Anthony Grant, they just got to get him – and it's almost like he has PSD, uh, PTSD, right? Because so many times there's guys in the backfield that he has to make miss that even when they're not there, he's thinking about making a miss. And that's part of the effect of running behind an offensive line that at times struggles. We'll take a break. We come back. Reminder, uh, towards the end of this hour, we'll talk to Mike Schaefer more about the game. We'll get into the coaching search, how some of the guys that were that are on the list or maybe not even on your list performed yesterday some guys I think that should be considered as well if the job doesn't go uh, to Mickey Joseph we'll do that as well when we come back here on severe reaction on 1620 the zone you've worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. 